When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Welcome into the No Off Days podcast. Scott Smith, Chris Cato, and we have that fresh in from Texas smell. It's the cologne yeah. of, of brisket. I, I've tried to sweat it out, but yeah, I uh, <laughs> consumed a lot of meat. Still got the meat sweats. Oh, man. What, what a trip we had, though. Yeah, I mean, tell what me a, a little bit about it. How I, was it? Was it, was it fun? Yeah, Texas as much is, fun as it looked? It was fantastic. Texas is a big state. Yeah. So, so you were in part of it. And I was in part of it on the same weekend. We didn't cross paths. I was in Austin, a big Alabama fan, went for the Alabama-Texas game, almost died a couple of times in the fourth quarter, and not just from the heat. You know, it was scary. Uh, Walked out of there with the W, ate a big turkey leg as I walked out of the stadium. You kind of have to. It's a right of passage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just enjoyed it. First time I've been to Austin, great city. You know, big music scene. So every bar you walk past has some really talented musician in it. You karaoke? Uh, they don't allow that in Austin. No. Uh, unprofessionals yeah, like really. me getting on stage. Snobbery. Music oh. snobbery. I wanted to give them my yellow lead better, but they wouldn't accept it. But now, fun town. Great weekend. Yeah. Good scene. It's going to be, I think, Texas is going to fit into the SEC well after what I saw. A lot of tradition there. A lot of people who just love college football. Yeah. Know? And maybe if you call that a safety, maybe you wouldn't be as welcoming to them into the. Uh, I don't know why you no. call it a safety. <laughs> <laughs> they did miss a big. <laughs> Missed a big face mask call yeah. on us there. Well, uh, we'll get into all that in just a moment and the reasons why I was also in Texas and Dallas for the NFL, the, the Bucks and uh, the Cowboys kicking their season off. Let's bring in Brian King, BK, up in the booth. And, uh, you know, we've got some, we got some fun planned in, at the end of the show. Can you give us a little bit of a taste, a preview, Brian, of what we're in store for? Well, we got an interview with uh, Kevin Kiermaier coming up. That's pretty exciting. That's and uh, exciting. And then we also got Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's no longer playing football. He's now with Amazon Prime. Yes. Yes. Thursday Night Football, part of that broadcast. And that is going to be – I'm looking forward to that, actually, seeing, you know, what kind of broadcast they put on because it seems like it's going to be pretty fun. That's going to be a good one. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then at the end of the show, we'll probably delve into something like uh, – Music-wise, I think, you know, yeah. maybe some. Scott's don't know. already invited like, me to karaoke, so has he? I know. <laughs> if there's, yeah, if there's nothing else, you have to hang on to the end of the show to hear Chris Cato karaoke. Oh, no. And I believe that the shirt might be an indication. This is uh, my Chili Peppers shirt. Yeah. Uh, I'm the guy who buys the T-shirt before he goes to the concert, so I, I'm going to go see the Peppers. Practical Thursday night, Camping World Stadium, our beautiful music venue in Florida. You know, New York has Carnegie Hall. Colorado has Red Rocks. We have Camping World Stadium. In it's early, iconic. Yeah, it is. And so we're going to see the Peppers for the first time in my life. Check that one off the list. It's going to be good. You know how, Scott, do you know how, Brian, do you know how much, how you can tell how much a chili pepper weighs? How's that? You give it away. You give it away. You give it away now. <laughs> nice. Mm. I didn't quite, didn't quite, didn't quite deliver that one. <laughs> oh, I like that. Well, we'll dive into some of that a little bit later on. Yeah. You're giving us too much of a sneak peek of the, the uh, our ballad breakdown coming up at the end of the show. Correct. Uh, and as, as BK mentioned, of course, we got Fitz, uh, the bearded wonder. He will be joining us. And then uh, KK, the outlaw, 
on the big program. Uh, make sure if you are listening to the program and you'd like to see what is Chris Cato wearing, what is this Red Hot Chili Peppers shirt that they keep talking about, you can actually go to our webpage, our splash page, and you can catch the YouTube version of it. Uh, it's available, of course, on our fox13news.com slash nodpod page. That's kind of our main uh, delivery yeah. me- mechanism. We have many ways of getting our message out to the people, yes. but but the Fox 13 nodpod page is kind of the centrifuge of it. Right. If, so if you want to listen, if you want to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, you want Stitcher, you want the Spotify deal, yeah. that's where you go. And it, it's really easy to figure it out. And if you are watching, whether you're watching on our Sunday night show or you're watching on YouTube, you can actually take your little phone and hit that QR code that is up on the screen right now, and that will actually send you right there. So we have a QR code? We've we've made it as brainless as possible. Have we blown through our budget in two weeks of this? <laughs> Correct. Well, we deducted your pay, but we were thinking you wouldn't even notice. So uh, make sure you join us on those avenues, and uh, we can see uh, the ongoing collection of Chris's T-shirts. Which well, Now I have impressive. to buy myself because yeah. we've used there's all our no, budget. There's no wardrobe budget. All right, so you're back from Texas. Uh, big game in Austin, and we saw Alabama Rocket, and uh, you know it was a little, it was a little shaky there at one point in time. Uh, but how did, how were you received? As, as I know, you're a Bama fan that wears your colors proudly. Yes. but you're in deep in the heart of Texas, and I'm one of the many classy Alabama Bama fans out there. I don't go in to cause problems, you know. But yeah, we were well received. The, the Texans, the Longhorn fans, were very nice, very accommodating. Yeah. Uh, only had one brief altercation with a gentleman after the game, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, no, they were really... Um, I can't think of anything else. They really did roll out the red carpet for the mm-hmm. Crimson Tide fans. All of the restaurants and bars did too. It was a good scene. Yeah. Nice town. Fun. How did Dallas treat you? It, Dallas was Dallas was good. I mean, that was a Sunday night game, so we had a little bit of time on Sunday. Um, Jeff Tewksbury, our esteemed colleague and, and photographer, and uh, pretty much utility man, uh, we actually went down to we to lighten the mood. We went to Daily Plaza. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, okay. well, we we, we had, had he he is a kind of a history buff, and I had been there before, but we wanted to take a little bit more time and, and kind of walk through it. It was very interesting. Yeah. And uh, a lot of folks that were wearing their jerseys that were kind of that they had the same idea. But mm-hmm. I love Jerry World. And, you know, it's not, of course, this nostalgic stadium, of course, because it's brand new. But it has all the bells and whistles. And of all the new stadiums that I've been to, it's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, it's, if you would equate it to like a, a, you know, every other stadium, like a Spring Hill Suite, this is like a Marriott Vacation Club. Oh, good. Right? All right. Like, it's like a, the Piggly Wiggly versus, like, the Costco. It's got everything well, you need. that's a big gap there. Th- there's a, I, like, no offense It's to just the a matter pig. of convenience. It's clean. Bucky's versus 7-Eleven. Yeah. Is that yeah, fair? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, look, we had, you know, a Texas uh, big giant steak. Of course. part of our, you know, media meal. So, and then they have buckets of candy that you can get nice and... Nice and fat. Well, you said of all the, uh, and stop me here if I babble too much about this, of all the venues you've been to. So have you done SoFi? Uh, Have not done SoFi. So that's still on the bucket list. Uh, Allegiant in Las Vegas? (laughs) Have not done Allegiant. Okay, so you're comparing this to Raymond James Stadium and (laughs) Mercedes-Benz and the Superdome. Well, you know, I've been to a few (laughs) of the newer stadiums. So of the ones that I've been to, I would put this So nicer than MetLife. Yeah, I would say it's a, it's a touch nicer than the Meadowlands. Um, but we had some interesting week one games, and yeah. uh, I think we, we learned a little bit about some of these teams already right out of the gates. I mean, we start last Thursday night, Bills thumping the Rams. I don't know that anybody really thought that, that 
the score would be that reflective. That was impressive. Three I mean, turnovers the Bills had, too, and still four turnovers. A four, okay, and put it on them. They did. I mean, Josh Allen is phenomenal, oh, and he has he has been elite for a couple years now, but I think he really is, is going to put his stamp on this season. And then Von Miller. I mean, immediate impact, just destroying his they, old team. They sacked Stafford seven times. Yeah. So that defense is good. Uh, how about Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator? Right. Pretty impressive stuff. Uh, and then uh, Vikings with a big win over the Packers. Looking good. N- not many people saw that one coming. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins was one of your preseason picks. Yeah, maybe. And, and Tony, Dungy, Tony Dungy saw that That's coming. right. He yeah. sat here and told us the Vikings were going. You know, their defense was violent. Like, throwback to purple people eaters, yeah. violent. And just, and then, you know. Well, Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, probably best wide receiver yeah. in the league now yeah. one of the one yeah, of the he's two or there. three really good how about the giants over the titans this is a one point win and here's here's my sentiment on this i'm going to compare this game this giants one point win they go for two at the end of the game yeah. brian dable in, in his in his first win as the giants head coach the aggressiveness to go for two by the way saquon barkley He's back. He's back. He's he was back. the best running back on the field. Yeah. No one drafted him uh, in yeah. the fantasy draft. By yeah. The way. So yeah. impressive stuff by him. But but the aggressiveness, timidity rarely is rewarded. And I think we saw that. It, it, like if you juxtapose that to the Texans Colts game, you got Levy Smith. They're in overtime. They're on the 49 yard line. Yeah. It's tied at 20. And instead of going for it, I believe it was a fourth and three with 20 seconds left, they decided to punt it. Basically saying, we're going yeah. for the tie. Yeah. We're, we're fine. We're with okay that. with the tie. Yeah. And that they did, but I, I just think what players want is coaches that are smart, but aggressively smart. Don't be married to the analytics, right? Look Correct. at what the analytics tell you, but don't go buy it like it's the Bible. And, and I think that's what, you know, the analytics guy didn't like the, the choice by the Giants to go for two there. Uh, and then compare it to what we saw last night with, depending on when you're listening or watching to this, what we saw in Seattle, right at the end of the game, exactly. the Bronco. You got he just invested two hundred thirty-five mil in Russell Wilson. You got a fourth and five, but hey, here's a sixty-four-yard field goal. It's not. I mean, so we much has try. been made about the investment into Russell Wilson, and it does matter that they care so much about him. But it's a sixty-four-yard field goal attempt. Well, McManus is good. He's he's one of the best in the biz. Okay. <laughs> I still, I, I think that you have to. You have to lean on the guy that is the perennial pro bowler. Right. The guy that is going to lead your offense. Yeah. And, again, this is where those issues of timidity, I think, are rarely rewarded. That's what you if, told if, me. If, yeah. if you don't do it, it – I mean, it, you may not feel the punishment right now, but I think you lose a little bit of credibility within the locker room each time that you show a lack of confidence in the guys that you're supposedly confident in. What I find interesting about that Monday night game is that – here you have a 64-yard attempt. So Denver's down one. You got 20 seconds to go. It's a fourth and five. And they decide they want to go for a 64-yard field goal attempt. It reminded me of the 2020 NFC Championship game. The Bucks up eight on the Packers. There's two minutes left. It's a fourth and goal. And what does Green Bay do? They decide they're going to kick the field goal to pull within five and have their defense go out and try to stop Tom Brady in the last two minutes. Did that pan out? Never. No, it did not pan out. Who was their offensive coordinator? Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. Head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now, I know that Matt LaFleur kind of took the – he took the dagger on that one. Yeah. And and maybe rightly so. But uh, I think it – the fact that it reminded me of that so much, 
maybe more than coincidental. I'm impressed with your memory. I just got to yeah. say that Prevagen's paying off for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So maybe we uh, can get that Prevagen sponsorship. That Russell Wilson game was uh, it was interesting, and it was it was cool to see him back on the field. I, I like it when you have yeah. these revenge games right out of the gates. Yeah, and it did not pan out for either one that had Week One revenge games. Baker Mayfield, yeah. of course, in the other one. He struggled at first, fought hard like we've seen him do so many times. Brought him back uh, to the brink there, just couldn't get it done. Yeah, uh, so, you know, the Browns get the win there. I think on a field goal, it was a bad weekend for NFL kickers looking like college kickers, though. I mean, how many games were – and, again, go up, you know, maybe that's why you don't try a 64-yard field goal after seeing what transpired all weekend. But just a tough weekend for kickers in general. And that's that's funny because they're the ones who actually play in the preseason games, right? Like, none of the starters do. Yeah, it's a tough life for kickers. Unless you're Ryan Sucker. But not, not many people are, are still pitying them, you know. It's one of those things where you really have no you have no leeway. You have to hit the big kicks. Yeah. And you, nobody really wants to hear the pity party, yeah. you know. And I, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just saying that that that's is. That's the reality. That is what is. Gotcha. Speaking of pity party, I don't know if you heard Von Miller's comments. He, he came out against... The, the chip block that Lenny Fournette put on Micah Parsons Ooh. in that, that Bucks cowboys game. Blew him up. And he said, uh, this, this should be illegal. Now, how many more protected positions do we need? He, he kind of made it seem like this is not good for edge rushers. Well, obviously, it's not. But we, we protect the quarterback, and ridiculously so, in my opinion. But what do you think, like, the, the Jack Tatums and the Larry Zonkas – Oh, think of they would look at this. Like, is this the same game chip. I played at all? Right. I, I, yeah. I can't chip a linebacker. No. I mean, you know, isn't that our job to, to keep the guy from hitting our quarterback? Right. I don't know. I it mean, you go, OK, you can't hit a quarterback below the in the legs now. Right. Yeah. Like a defender can't do that. I would be OK with them extending that protection to wide receivers. I see too many kind of career ending injuries where. A defender goes low intentionally when it's a defenseless receiver. I, I, I almost think if you're going to apply that to the quarterback, you apply it to the wide receiver too. But we can't go. We can't go to you know. Don't chip block the linebacker who's blitzing. I mean, what are we doing? I, I enjoyed the the Twitter back and forth between Lenny and Micah Parsons as well. That was, that was on Twitter quality stuff. Yeah. yeah. What, what was well, be, what was oh, being said? Well, Micah was saying that this you know was a use some colorful language. How about yeah? That? There we go. Look at that. I didn't even know we had this. Wow, Brian. Now go good. watch the tape. Yeah. And see, see what, what happened yeah. when it was me and him one on one. You hit someone not looking straight. Stop hyping this week mm-hmm. blank. It's football. Yeah. Well. And then, you know, Lenny responds. Right. It's it is football, precisely. And football is a team game. And sometimes it's not about just one on one like I'm going to Leonard Fournette straight up against Micah Parsons. Fournette's response. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The crying Jordan face. I mean, it was not a cheap hit. It is part of the game. It's clearly not illegal, nor should it be. And uh, I just think. You think if Lenny doesn't put him on his backside, he's he's crying about this? Right. No, No, of course not. It's because it looked bad on him. Well, and Micah Parsons is enormously talented. And he's going to be a Pro Bowl guy. For many, many years to come, he he had a great game himself. He was the one of the bright spots for the Cowboys, but uh, I don't think this is a, a battle worth waging. And I would, even for Von Miller, to sit there and say this needs to be illegal. It's, no, it's there was silly. nothing bad. There was no injury really at risk. That is just fundamental football right What there. are we doing here? Great hit by Lenny Fournette. Yeah. Um, with that, and I'm sure someone that has a lot to say about quarterbacks and the protection thereof is our next guest. Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course, played two seasons with the Buccaneers, and he was uh, 
he was magical. There's no other word to describe it, right? He stepped in when the team needed him most. Jameis, yes. uh, you know, had some issues, and now, had some injury. And now he's doing all he can do to win people over yet again. Not a new football team, but a new team, Amazon Prime. He's on the Thursday night call. So he's doing pre- and post-game shows. And uh, you weren't present for it, but a little bit earlier, I had a chance to catch up with Mr. Fitzpatrick. Take it away. <laughs> Well, like the monominous legends of yesteryear, Plato, Socrates, Flea, the one-name bandit himself, Fitzmagic, joins the program today. Thank you so much. I'm glad that the TV execs at Amazon did not mandate beard trimming. This is good. I like this look. Yeah, it was a. It was actually something. It was a request to keep it. Hey, can you keep the beard? Like, hey, I can do that. It's gonna. It's gonna definitely draw in more viewers. You know, you spent 17 years in the league. I would imagine the the years of playing football go back to you know when you're maybe six, seven years. I don't know when you started, but this is like your first fall that you're not playing. How bizarre is this feeling? Very strange. Uh, but you know what? I am very happy with the way my career was and everything, all the places I got to visit, all the cities I got to live in. You know, my family and I had a great time everywhere we went. And so uh, I feel like it was time. But this this transition for me to Amazon, um, it's going to be fun. I mean, I still get to stay involved in the game. I still get to talk to the players and the coaches and engage with the fans. And so I think it's going to help ease the transition a little bit. But um, so far, so good. Uh, you know, we did a few preseason games, and then we'll kick off our Thursday night uh, opener with Amazon on Prime Video next Thursday with Kansas City and the Chargers, which would be huge. Yeah, there's going to be some big-time matchups this year. Did you? Uh, did the muscle start to twitch, like, at the end of July? or Like, you get that kind of camp itch? <laughs> no, you know, I don't – I mean, by the end of the, your, your career, the it's <laughs> – it's not the games, it's everything else. It's right. the meetings, it's the long days in training camp um, that start to add up a little bit. So I did not miss that part of it at all, no. Well, I know the folks here in Tampa certainly love you still, and I kind of miss seeing you at the, the Chick-fil-A on Dale Mabry. Um, do you, what do you think <laughs> back about your time in, in Tampa, the, the two glorious seasons that you had here, and certainly it was not long enough, but what, what kind of memories come to, come to your mind? Uh, you know, a, a lot of the memories I have, cause we ended up, when I went to Miami, we stayed in Tampa for two more years. So, you know, my family, we essentially lived there for four years. And so it, there were some great memories on the field, you know, the D Jack press conference and all that, <laughs> and the start to the season with the 400 yard games. But I really do think it was just the community and the people in that city just so generous to us you know we had such a great time we made such great friends uh, and the fishing as well being able to go in the backyard yes. hop on a kayak go down the canal and catch some snook it was a it was a fun time in my life for sure well I, you mentioned that the long career the many stops nine different teams kind of this nomadic lifestyle a little bit because you, you have a wife you have a large family and it, it requires moving and getting into new school districts and getting associated with where's the grocery store did you grow accustomed to that type of living? Do you, do you do you miss it a little bit? Or if you had to draw it your own way, would you have preferred stay one place for 17 years? 
Oh, we loved it. We loved it because, you know, it was hard. I'm not going to say it was easy packing suitcases and moving every single year, but we loved the people that we met, uh, you know, on our journey. And it was people in the organizations and it was different players and coaches and staff members, but it was also, like I said, the people in the communities that, you know, we'll be lifelong friends with. So that for me to be able to travel now with Amazon and do this thing on Prime Video, like, Every city we go to, I know somebody. I've got true, like, lifelong friends in all of these cities. So as we do the tour and we're going out on, you know, Wednesday night to do these Thursday games, um, I get to kind of, you know, see these people and really enjoy the friendships that I made over the years. Like you're crashing at their house? Is this like a Fitzpatrick version of Airbnb? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. But, I'll, you know, as a, as a – as a guy on the other side of it, you know, when you're a player, it's like if you're playing in a Thursday night football game, you're really just twiddling your thumbs like yeah. all day. Just, well, I can't really do anything. I got to rest. I got to get my nutrition and my hydration. I'm an analyst now. Nutrition, hydration. There's <laughs> going to be a lot of steakhouses. There's yeah. going to be, uh, you know, a lot of wandering random cities. But uh, I'm looking forward to that part of it. For as much as you had to learn different offenses and, and adjust, I mean, you're obviously a sharp guy, a Harvard man. Uh, do you think that that kind of helps well, that lends nicely to learning a, a new profession, a new side of things on the TV aspect? Uh, I think I think more of it and the thing that's really going to help me out with my career and being the nomad is just the relationships. It just the, you know, because let's – playing in Tampa that a lot of that staff is no longer there they're spread around the league you know the head coach of Tampa now Todd Bowles I was with him for two years in New York so I have all these relationships um, because once you start talking about that football world it's very small once you get into it uh, and I've got a pretty big web with a huge cast of characters around the league so I think this side of football for me and being able to go to these games and just chat with all of these guys, uh, coaches and players alike, is going to be um, something that I'm going to rely on and lean on in my new role. Have you made a reservation yet at Burns for Week Eight when the Ravens visit Tampa? <laughs> I had I had some guys from Miami when they did their joint practices try to get a reservation like an hour before they went. <laughs> right. I said that's that's probably not going to work at Burns. Dessert yeah. room, you could get in up there, and that might that might suffice actually. Um, what is yeah, the, so, the the most intriguing team to you? I mean, obviously there's there's favorites. There's the Bills. We saw you know Bills, yeah. Rams, those guys. But is there a team that's more intriguing to you? There is. There is. And you brought up the Week Eight matchup, uh, and that'll be in Tampa. But it's it's against the Baltimore Ravens, and I think that team um, they just play a different style of football on offense than kind of everybody else does in the the league. They've got a quarterback that has this dynamic skill set that's a little bit different than everybody in the league. So I think they're really hard to prepare for. I think Greg Roman does a great job there in utilizing what he has. And then they've got a great secondary on the back end. They're healthy this year. They're a team for me, like, and I've said this before, like that may be a Super Bowl preview hmm. on Thursday night football. And that's the big thing in jumping into this Amazon gig the NFL has really done a great job of these Thursday night games are no longer the game, the throwaway games. Like if you look at all the matchups that we have, starting with oh, Kansas yeah. city and the chargers on Thursday, and then, you know, looking at week eight 
potentially a Super Bowl preview with Tampa and Baltimore. These are legit games that I'm looking forward to being a part of. What do you make of this Bucks team? Uh, I mean, the oldest team in the league. It's always going to slide the scale when you have a 45-year-old quarterback. I get that. But what do you make <laughs> of, of what they – of what they have, the pieces that they return. You know, a guy like Chris Godwin, he, he should be healthy. I'm not sure if it's going to be week one, but um, do they – the prohibitive favorite coming out of, you know, the division probably, but what do you think bigger picture? Well, is Sean Payton just picked uh, New Orleans. I saw that. Well, he um, has to, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think the thing you worry about as this team gets older, yes, they're more experienced, but – you know, how do injuries factor into that? And that's a tough thing to predict. But I, I think uh, Tom Brady's probably very much looking forward to getting the season started and actually playing football. Because, um, you know, for for us as quarterbacks and players, like that's usually our safe space is getting on the field and getting into these games and, you know, getting going. So I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Godwin off the injury. You know, the, the way that these guys rehab and, you know, the ACL tear used to be something that was an awful injury that maybe was a career ender. These guys are coming back stronger now. And he's a guy I love his work ethic. I got to see his rookie year, the most impressive rookie receiver I've ever played with. Mm. Um, huge fan of Mike Evans, obviously, but Todd Bowles, the way that he coaches his style, very flat. You're never going to get a raise out of him or he'll never be too low. I think that's really important for a veteran team. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does this year with this squad. I got I got to ask you just real quick about, about the age disparity thing because, I mean, you're a young man by, by Brady standards. You're not even 40 yet, right? So, But at 45, how do you relate to players in a locker room? Uh, that they're, they're, They become family, but 20 years younger, some even more. Yeah, you win football games. I think that's <laughs> I think that's the good thing. As long as you keep winning football games, everybody will want to be your friend and relate to you. Yeah. All right, very good, um, Ryan. It's it's great to catch up with you. I hope you're getting free shipping um, with Amazon <laughs> as part of your deal. It's your Prime membership. What yeah, well, yeah, everybody's Prime got it, but. I think you're going to do great, and we, we can't wait to hear your insights, your stories. I'm very happy that the beard is uh, is not going anywhere anytime soon. So here's to a long career in broadcasting, and, and hopefully we get your reservation at Burns when you come to town week eight. Okay, thank you. So we get to look forward to him and the Amazon crew coming up Thursday night. This is a huge game. It's Chargers-Chiefs, and uh, we get to hear his insights. And uh, Richard Sherman also joining that prime team. So Quite a, quite a crew they have there. But, wow, starting out with the Chiefs and the Chargers, what an AFC West match. It's dynamite. Oh, it's got that, sizzle. I mean, I mean it's the one thing we didn't mention in the beginning is how good the Chargers look, too, with the defensive upgrades. They're in a good spot. And the Chiefs, I mean, no Tyreek Hill, no problem. Yeah, I, I, Mahomes makes the receiver, maybe. The receiver doesn't make Mahomes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's a combination of, of, of both. Uh, you know, we are in the last month of the regular season on the MLB side of things. And we got some tight races. Things are getting interesting. Things are getting, speaking of sizzle, a little sizzle, a little spice. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Rays, trying to, they're chasing those Yankees. But uh, time now for our next guest. Let's bring in the one and only, the outlaw, Kevin Kiermaier, big Purdue fan, too. There he is. Uh, so, yeah, I know that he's, he's dialed Boiler in. Boiler up. Boiler up. Yeah, see, I mean, you guys could be 2-0. and I know Penn State stole one from you, those dirty dogs. Yeah. Ugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You question. guys are hit, you're hitting me with the question like that. The first the first right out the shoe. Sorry, man. Wow. Interesting clock <laughs> yeah, that, management that hurt. at the end of that one. That by, hurt by Brock. That hurt. But there's a lot of season left. Unlike, unlike baseball yeah. season, there's a lot of college football left. Right. How are you how are you feeling? True. How are you feeling, KK? I feel great. Yeah. I feel great. I'm actually uh I got the Rays game on in front of me. Right now I'm in our kitchen at, here at the Trop. I just finished my rehab, so this is where we're uh doing everything but i i feel so good i went to nashville yesterday for my six-week checkup nice. and everything looks great um so i'm happy uh this throughout this whole rehab my expectations of what i was going to feel like have been way better than what i expected each week so i'm able to do so much now be able to walk around uh starting to take baby steps to be able to do more and more so i'm feeling great i'm happy uh life is good are you are you still using the crutches? Have you have we ditched those? Nope, yet? nope. I've been off those nice. for two weeks now. So, so, thankfully, four weeks of those just grinding on my armpits was not fun. <laughs> uh, oh man! And I got my sanity back. It, um, you know, these last two weeks, ever since I've been able to move around without them. Uh, but you know, you got to you got to behave and pay attention. Do whatever the doctors tell you. And I did. Um, but I'm much happier when I'm able to move around and, and not feel like locked up. Oh yeah, just having to lug those around everywhere. You know, it's I have a funny story here. Um, so, in KK, I don't even know that you know this, but my my kids go to the same school as as your young okay. son, and uh, my boy's in fourth grade. And the other day, he's like, "I think I saw Kevin Kiermeyer at school today," and I said, uh, "Yeah, um, how, what what made you think that?" He's like, well, it looked like him, but he was he was using crutches and he was speaking Spanish. And I said, that's KK, baby. That's got to be KK. Yeah. Because I yeah. know that there's that you are a, a man that is proud of your uh, growing bilingual repertoire, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. I um, <laughs> I've always been intrigued by it uh, ever since I first got drafted, playing with all Dominican, Venezuela, Cuban dudes. Um, over the years and I'm like man they come over here and learn our language the, the least thing I could do I love to get to know my teammates and I realized how much those guys appreciate me trying to learn the language like in back in rookie ball and that just made me want to get better year after year and I got a, a Spanish app on my phone I'm trying to get better I'm trying to get fluent um but yeah your son that, that definitely was me and I was talking to the Spanish teacher yeah. as, as good as I could there in the there halls I dropped Carter off every day that is so funny. Um, so yes, your son he did he did see me and right. yeah we were talking Spanish. That's funny. That uh, <laughs> that is admirable though that you're learning that and and also thank you for filling in that blank there. So my next question was so do you just go to the school pickup line to practice your Spanish? But no, you're actually speaking to the to the Spanish teacher. Yes. That's that's really cool. Yep. You mentioned Carter there. So is he a, he a lefty or a righty? Or he's a righty. Okay. He, yeah, he can hit, he can throw. He might be a pitcher. His accuracy and his arm strength is incredible. He can hit too, but, uh, you know, still the early stages, I think he's just going to be a heck of an athlete, but uh, it's fun. He keeps me young. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm rehabbing, doing all this right now, but I'm working just as hard at home with him. Being able to be at home is uh, so fun, but it's just, he's going to return for November. It's such a fun age. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it seemed like the other I'm day that dad when, where I'm where I'm pushing football, baseball, basketball every day. I love doing that stuff with them, and and I hope he loves it as well. 
So as much as you need a, a repaired labrum to play baseball, you, you probably need it more in the long haul to keep up with these kids. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I want to know a little bit about kind of the backstory on this injury because, you know, it's something you had been dealing with for about a year and a half. And um, and most of us are not familiar with kind of that what that is. It's the labrum, which is in the hip. And you said it was like when they showed images to you, it was like, wow, it kind of surprised you that you were able to play so long and through the pain. What was the pain like? Was it sharp, occasional shooting pain? Was it a constant dull ache? What what did you feel? Uh, it just kind of depended on the day. Um, I'll just I'll backtrack. Yeah, I found out like the day or two after New Year's day uh so was, i think it was january 3rd 2021 where i got an mri and, and i'm like man my hips my my hip just does not feel i don't know i ran one day and wasn't even i wasn't even full speed yet and i'm like something just doesn't feel right and uh i got an mri and sure enough my uh my labrum was torn and i i couldn't believe it when coco eaton told me that i, I my jaw hit the floor and and I told him, I said, Coco, this is not the time to play around. He said, I'm not, I'm not playing. Your, your hip is torn. Um, and immediately right from there, I thought my 2021 season was over. I thought he was going to tell me, you got to get surgery or do this, do that. But I got a cortisone shot and they said, let's just, you know, this is like a band aid, but let's see how far, how long you can get through. And that's what I wanted to do. And I ended up getting through uh, all of last year, 2021 season. Uh, had another cortisone shot midseason to to get me through and had a pretty normal offseason. And then come this year, I thought I was going to be able to sustain and, and get through this year as well. And, um, you know, that just wasn't the case. It was a battle starting in spring training is where I started feeling not so great. And, uh, you know, got a couple cortisone shots as, as time went on. But it got to the point where I'm like, I, I just I can't go through this anymore. I feel guilty what I'm doing to my body and that last MRI I got, it was just like, okay, this, this thing is toast. It, it has been, it hasn't been good, but wow. got to the point where, um, you know, surgery was the, the best option, but, um, man, it was, uh, playing through what I did this year. I wouldn't ever, uh, recommend that for anyone. Yeah. It my just, goodness. it wasn't, wasn't healthy physically or mentally. It was the, a battle that I never envisioned, um, but I'm proud of of how I got through it. I just I reached my breaking point there in Cincinnati on July 9th, and and I knew that that was probably going to be my last game, and some uh, you know surgery needed to happen. But you know a lot of wear and tear over the years. I'm I'm so proud of of what I've done and, and played through so many different things. But I'm just looking forward to getting healthy and and trying to put the product. I'm used to back out on the baseball field because what I put out there this year um, wasn't what I'm used to, especially on the defensive side. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm not the same as what I was last year, especially a couple years ago um, when things were, had a lot more structure stability in there with a, the good uh, adequate labrum. But this is why I'm, I'm got surgery and I'm recovering and, and doing great. And my thoughts are so much more clear and, and better. So I'm happy. Oh, that, that's positive to hear. Wow. I, I don't think I knew that background. A year and a half, yeah. you, you kind of yeah. kicked this down the road with a torn labrum. That is incredible. And we all know, all Rays fans, every all, even non-Rays fans know how hard you play and how important that is to your game to just, you know, go out there and, and, and like you said, you want to be your best. And 
Um, so what's it like now? Tell us, t- take us inside kind of, I guess, the dugout, the locker room when we're getting to this point in the season and the games are ticking down. Are you guys watching the standings daily like we are here, watching how many games back, I guess, as of today, as we're sitting here recording this, you're six games back of the Yankees. Uh, you know, we're watching the wild card spot. Do you guys watch it, you know, kind of game by game, day, day by day like that and, and start to see the hourglass ticking away? Yeah, this is this is the fun part. This is what you play for all year to be in the thick of it. Um, you know, teams in a in a great position right now, playing a division rival. Um, it's a big series and a lot of big games coming up. Um, but yeah, guys, guys know what's going on. Uh, maybe some guys more than others are are following the standings and all that. It's not like we sit here and have team chats about it or anything. It's just um, I, I would like to say most guys know where we're at as a team and, and where other teams are as well and uh you know it's a still a lot of baseball left to be played the division is still possible wild card is still possible um but you know it's up to those guys in that clubhouse and out there on that field every day to to have the right mindset and come prepared ready to go do whatever it takes to win and um you know this is it's been so fun watching these guys i wish i was out there so bad but um yeah this this september baseball it it just it makes you get some juices going and and gets you ready for october and uh you know just hope these guys are fortunate enough to be able to play in some of those games there's nothing like playoff baseball and uh i said in the summer i said if any any team is capable of of making a run and making some great things happen it's the rays uh it's these guys in this clubhouse and what they did in August got them right back into the position where they are now. So, um, you know, this, this is what it's all about. Yeah. Well, that in conjunction with the Yankees kind of falling apart, it was the perfect storm in August to, to, yes. even, to even be at this place where you're thinking, wow, uh, the division was, was completely off the table at the start of August. Yep. By the end of the month, you're like, okay. This is possible. I mean, that wild card race is still tight, but it seems like there's some distance with those three teams that are that are ahead of things. I want to I want to go back to one thing you you said about the disconnect because it's tough for you having to watch this team that obviously this is your family and you don't get to be a part of that. But when you're disconnected from the on the field product through rehab and that type of stuff, I want to because of the discussion always goes back to okay the Rays and talking about your future with the team and whether or not you're going to be here next year your contract is onto a team option next year whether or not the team picks that up of course uh, we don't know that but this is not an uncommon thing every year your name is mentioned when it comes to trades and you know you can get back on the field and just kind of play through it is it more difficult to deal with the uncertainty of your future while you're sitting there not not able to take your mind off of it by playing you're actually having to go through a rehab yeah this is um you know depending what happens moving here forward um this definitely isn't the way i wanted to go out uh with with my Rays career i wanted to be on the field and once again i i i don't know what what next year holds or after that so i I try to speak um you know with all due respect to everyone around but um i don't i wanted i wanted to finish the season so bad i wanted to i wish i was out there grinding and battling with those guys and getting bumps and bruises every day to to win with them um 
because when you're on the IL like I am right now and, and know that, you know, once I knew I was done for the season, it just changes because you can't make a contribution on the field anymore. Sure. And so you're not in there doing scouring ports with your boys and going to battle with them. And that, that's the hardest part by far in, in the plane rides and uh, good times in the hotels. Uh, it was cut short for me. And uh, it, it just, it, it hurts being away from these guys. I, I love it. Um, yeah. It's all I know. And so for me to have my season ended the way it did, it was, it was tough. It was tough to deal with. Um, and I, I think, you know, I always look back at it and you just, you feel like you're just not a part of the team anymore. And you try to do everything you can to feel like you're a part of the team, but um, you know, you're not, and you're not even a thought to be in the lineup, obviously. And, and uh, you know, it, it eats at me at times, but you, I've, I've accepted it. Um, I still root these guys on so much. I hope they win every game. I hope every player does so great. Um, I live vicariously through them. But uh, I, I definitely would be lying if I said it didn't affect me watching these games every night from afar and just not really being a part of the day in day out activities and stuff that you're doing with these guys on a nor like you do on a normal basis. So it's tough to deal with, but you know, this is a, this rehab is a physical and a mental test and, and I've handled it very well so far, but um, it still stings sure. every day, not, not being out there and, and being a part of this and, and wearing that uniform. Well, you are a, you, you're a resilient guy, and uh, we know that you're going to kind of get through this, and uh, whatever that team is that you, you suit up for next year, you'll be ready to go. And uh, you'll be in those outfields and, yeah. and making those plays that we know you're accustomed yep. to making. Um, so big picture, when you look at, when you look at uh, the, the last month of the season, what is the scariest team? Not necessarily the team with the best record, the team that has the, the, the biggest lead. Who is the scariest team in your opinion? Um, us, <laughs> Good answer. I, <laughs> we're scary because we're, we're so unpredictable at times We're you know, you can look at both ends We're when we play good, we are as good as anyone. And when we don't play so good, you know, things can have that snow snowball effect and one thing leads to another, but it, it sounds so cliche, but if you guys are in a clubhouse or, you know, a part of a team, you probably want to hear me say a different team from a division, but you got to, like, it is so true, and you got to worry about your guys in there. Like, all you can control is how you and the guy next to you plays, and we're just out there trying to, um, you know, have the best plan each and every day and do whatever we have to do to win. So we uh, – the Rays, they can – you know, we control our own destiny, and that's the best thing – about um baseball it's like we we make our own bed no right. one else yeah. is going to do anything for us other teams might affect certain things but it's our job to come to the field no matter who we're playing every day and uh you know they had something up there on the on tv earlier saying the rays have the toughest schedule for the next however many weeks to end the season and that's just that's a great test if that doesn't get you excited i don't know what will um, well, and like that's said, been... they're right and they're right in the thick of it. And sure. this is a position you want to be in at the end of the year. And you, you learn a lot about your teammates and how guys respond when, uh, you know, when, when times matter the most, when games matter the most. And, uh, 
I love it. I love I love watching how guys respond. Well, your the schedule for the Rays was tough coming out of the All Star break, and you had the best record in the American yeah. League for the last month. So you know, I think they rise to the occasion, and I think the the difficulty of the schedule is still yet to be said, right? Because teams are falling apart. You see what the Yankees were and what the Yankees are, and they're obviously a talented team, but. Um, I think that they've been humbled a little bit the last month of the season. But I do want to get your reflections on the season that Aaron Judge is having because he's at, I believe, 55 home runs right now. I mean, his slugging is, like, ridiculous. It's like 680. He's the Yankees' whole offense. Uh, he he's, is. He's it. But yeah, when, he, yeah, he is. What do you make of what he's lock, doing? Uh, it's incredible. I, I told him when he was having a lot of success early in the season, I, I, hope, I hope he hits 60. Um, I told him that. I, I've been saying it even on a division rival like ours. He's such an easy guy to root for. Um, he's just a pro. He he does things the right way. Fans love him, rightfully so. Or he's a great teammate. I've had many uh, interactions with him, and and I think the world of him. And uh, you know, having after you know him and the Yankees couldn't turn down something. Him betting on himself. I always root for players. Sure when they do that and he's having the best walk year aka the year before free agency ever and uh whatever his contract is i'm gonna let him go set the market <laughs> let him sign and i'm gonna try to sign maybe try a to week follow later. that right. and uh right yeah what, but what, uh, i mean he's locked in as i've ever seen and he's he's hitting everything and it i mean he plays great defense yeah. too runs the base as well people don't realize that that dude has a cannon of an arm he is He's so good as advertised, and um, it, it's incredible what he's doing. But I'm not I'm not surprised at the same time, though. KK, what's the most important stat in your opinion? Is it is it batting average? Is it on base? Is it slugging? Is it uh, game games played? <laughs> that mm-hmm. yeah, and, and games played. I don't I don't, and I'm not even a guy. I'll sit here. I know I don't have the best numbers and all that. I've never been a stat rat. Um, I don't care. I, I can go home after 0 for 4, 3Ks. I can drive home. Uh, we win. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I know I'll have an opportunity to play it next day. I've learned that years ago. And and you create this mental mindset that helps you deal with things. And I don't ever try to make a big deal. There's times where you're scuffling or whatever uh, where, you know, things can really get the best of you at times. But that's going to happen to everyone. But – Aaron Judge, anytime he touches that field, he makes his team better. I don't care what his batting average is on base percentage. If he goes out there and beats Aaron Judge for 155 games, the Yankees have the best possible chance of winning each and every day he's out there. And um, the numbers will take care of themselves. Yeah, and to pick up on what you said earlier about the Rays being the scariest team and talk about games played being the most important stat I know at one point maybe it's still the case the Rays had the most days on the IL of any team in Major League Baseball when you talk about impact day in day out players when you look at the big bats in the lineup we've recently just gotten Margot Ramirez and Randy all on the field at the same time like that's been missing And, and so that's just kind of picking up with Wander back and uh and then possibly adding you know Tyler Glass now late late in the season I mean, we, we have, I don't think we've seen the best version yet of the 2022 race on the field. No, uh, I don't either. I, I've been saying all year, uh, there's definitely been times where everyone, uh, position player, pitchers, everyone's been clicking or firing on all cylinders. 
but still, I, I know the talent, the potential of this team, and I don't I don't think they've reached it yet. But you get to the playoffs, everyone starts with a clean slate. You go Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Corey, Corey Kluber, whoever, be able to have Glasnow on that playoff roster. Yeah. No one will want, no one wants to play us. I don't care what our record is or how the season ends. We get in and you got those guys going. Good luck. I there's <laughs> there's not another three that are better than them and you need pitching to win and we got plenty of that uh you need a lot of things to win but when you get dominant pitching and and hopefully these guys feeling their best uh, you know once Shane comes off the IL I think he's gonna pitch Thursday maybe um he gets back to who he was before yeah Rass Rass has been throwing great Corey um teams will yeah I don't you don't want to see them boys <laughs> you don't right. want to see them so I like where we're at just finish the season strong. Whatever happens, happens. Just get our foot in the door whatever way we can, and then we go from there. But once again, I know there's not many teams that want to play us and see that pitching. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of great position players as well. It just depends who gets hot at the right time. And uh, like I said, if any team can do it, it's those boys. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It. Well, it's it's so great to catch up with you, and it's so good to hear that your the rehab is going well, that you're making some progress each and every day. Uh, we are big KK fans. We're rooting you on. We hope that uh, everything continues to, to progress in the way that uh, gets you back out on the field as soon as possible. Yeah, man. You're a great ambassador for, for Tampa Bay for, what, since 2010. You, you're awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, so good to talk to you. And um, maybe next time we do the podcast in Spanish and we just – yeah, I'm just do. So, what do you think? I'm, I'm, you not, know? I'm not there yet. Give me. Give me <laughs> well, we're year. not either. <laughs> give me another year, and then uh, maybe I'll be good. But um, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was fun. Yeah. Um, I like. I'm. I don't have anything to do right now. I'll stay <laughs> occupied. So. Well, I, you're. I it's an open it. invite. You're a captive audience. Yeah. Yeah. I go. think the well, only way you. to to sum this up is to say muchos gracias. That's yes. the only Spanish I know. But uh, de nada. You're welcome. <laughs> de nada. There we go. The great Kevin Kiermaier. KK, thank thank you you so much much for being on the show. Man, good to catch up with KK. And uh, always in good spirits. It's tough, man. I mean, the the road that he's kind of taken with this this rehab, and I just think it's got to be so difficult to watch a team, you know, it's it's tough when you're a competitor to watch. Yeah. I think it's tough when you say, oh, man, this team is getting so good, and if I could be a part of these wins and be a part of that late-season push to the playoffs. Uh, but he's – I mean, he's he's a great sport, and he uh, and he's going to be back there, man. I don't know if it's going to be with the Rays, but he's going to be out there patrolling the outfield soon enough. And, uh, you know, KK is one of those guys that um, – He's, he's always going to be an asset for a team because of what he brings, especially defensively. I, you're more dialed in on this than I am. I had no idea this labrum thing started in no. January of 21, and he went all last season with it. That's yeah. insane. Just cortisone shots and just kind of duct taping himself together and hustling as much as he could. Yeah. That's he's, crazy. He's, he's one of the good ones, so we wish the best of luck to KK in his recovery. We had some fun guests, Chris. I, I think that, you know, between – Outlaw and Fitz, it sounds like maybe they could be like a cop tandem, like a 90s TV show. What do you think? Fitz and the Outlaw. I like it. <laughs> Got the beard and the baseball <laughs> mitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're onto something. We're setting some high standards for these guests, too. So. Like, is this going to keep happening? Like, are we- no, no. No. Okay. Probably not. Uh, Brian King in the booth. <laughs> Brian, did we like our guest today? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did, that, that was a great job. Uh, surprised by Kiermaier and just how uh, – how intense that injury was. I don't think people realize just how long he had dealt with it. Right. Yeah, no, he, and he has dealt 
with several injuries over the course of his career. Uh, but, you know, this one is, is so kind of intrinsic to what he is as a player and yeah. his ability to kind of fly around in the outfield that, you know, hopefully, you know, now with a nice smoothed out labrum, he's going to be out there and, uh, so. and make it some diving and, and leaping grabs Let's once again. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Trying to max some platinum. All right, we have, we have a fun game here, a game of uh, ballad breakdown. Okay. So this has kind of been a, a fun game that I've been trying to introduce for years now. Nobody wants to play it with me. Where we, we bring out the lyrics of a, of a song that we all kind of know. It's widely known, but we don't really know what the song actually means. Unlike Lady. And so we're going to yeah. bring it down. We're, yeah. we're going to break it down here. So I figured because you are wearing a Red Hot Chili Peppers shirt that it would be appropriate to discuss the Red Hot Chili Peppers and give it away. Are we ready? I didn't see this coming. Okay. So I'm going to read it, and you just kind of, we just want kind of a free flow of ideas, okay? okay. The music is not, it's not making me settle in my in my spirit, but um, but it's okay. I think so we're you're going to read the lyrics, right, and we're we supposed to interpret them for you. Okay. All right? Okay. Oh, oh. That's how it starts. What okay. I got, you got to give it to your mama. What I got, you've got to give it to your papa. What I got, you got to give it to your daughter. You do a little dance, and then you drink a little water. All right, so we're, we're four lines in. What are, we, what are we thinking this is about? Ah, well, so much in your window there. Well, let's let's I keep like it above board, Kato. I feel like I feel like you could give a lot of things away. You yes, know? you could be giving away your love. You could be giving away your um, mercy to someone, your attention, yeah. uh, or you could be giving them medicine, which I think is what he's doing here. He's like, like a doctor, and that's why ibuprofen. No, this song's about and ibuprofen. That's why he says, "I'm going to give it to your mom. She's not feeling good. Okay, I'm going to give a little to your papa. Get him feeling better. <laughs> the whole your family's daughter, sick." Also, and then that's when you drink a little water because you got to oh, watch okay. it. Do I a little it. dance and you drink a little water. Okay, and then th- you'll feel Brian, better. Brian, you good on? You I, with I, I think you're off a bit. Who's who's the guitar player? Flea? No, he's the bassist. Flea, yeah. Bay. Oh, okay, yeah. bassist. He. Yeah. Uh, what if this song was from the perspective of the family dog? And what he's given out is he's given to fleas to all the, the family. Okay. Members. All right. And then what does oh, that do at the end? He, the, writing of this, water. the writing of the song is where he earned his name Flea. Because exactly. I don't think that was his given name, right? His name is not like uh, Flea. Let's hope not. Flea Johnson. It, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's about money. It's got to, you, you got to give it, you give it away. You give it away. Because as we get into this, so he, he gets, what I got, you got to get it, put it in you. What I got, Easy. you got to get it put in you. So maybe it's not money. Well, so he's talking to a piggy bank? Well, I think it's... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. He's yeah, talking to bank. his bank. Yes, yeah, this song what is What I've got, i got to get and put it in you. Okay, you can give it to your mama or your papa, but I'm going to put it in the piggy bank. Take this rolled up dollar. <laughs> reeling reeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue. So it's a good feeling. Whatever he's doing, it, he's having a great time. Uh, I realize... I don't want to be a miser, okay? So oh, do we know what a miser okay. is? Yeah, someone who's selfish Someone who, yeah, who doesn't want to give their money away. Yeah. Or it could be anything, and it could be an emotion. Confide with Sly. Is this Sly Stallone? Sylvester Stallone is part of this? Confide with Sly, Sly you'll, you'll be, be the, the wiser? One. Or Sly and the Family Stone, a I great like kind of funk band. Okay. You know? I'm not familiar with their work. Um, Maybe he's giving away the funk. Young Blood is the Lovin' Upriser. Okay, Totally confused on this one. Young Blood, is that a rapper? Young Blood. I, I don't think he was when this okay. came out in when 1991. Came, okay. No. Is the Lovin' Upriser? Okay. Okay. Uh, how come everybody want to keep it like the Kaiser? And this is a capital K, so this would be a proper noun uh, who, for who some type Ki- of 
um, I'm thinking an emperor, right. like a German Someone overlord. Someone is, is hoarding Someone's, wealth, yeah, right? selfish, yeah. So we're back on money now. Unless he's talking about a Kaiser roll, which is delicious. Don't discredit it. On yes. a turkey sandwich. So, okay. And he's like, maybe he's so talking. he's like working at a deli. He's in a he, deli. So he's like the guy at Subway that gives you the extra helping of meat. You didn't ask for it? Yeah, and he's like, giving it away. Ah, don't yeah. be a miser. Yeah. Give me double meat, double yeah. cheese. And, I got and, it. And, oh, and, you, yeah. okay. and you don't yeah, have to always Kaiser. stick with the Kaiser roll. You can branch out here. Brian, are we on the right page here? I th- uh, yeah. Are we about to turn the page? Okay. Oh, All right. Bob Seeger. Um, Very good artist. I think, yeah. All right. Well, we learned a lot. And, and uh, we, we could say that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are giving a lot away. They will not be giving away tickets, however, for you to attend the show freely. You're actually going to have to pay for that. I've already paid. Yeah, I've so. already paid for this T-shirt, too. I'm the guy who buys the shirt before he goes to the concert. There you are. Nice. guy. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice. BK, I appreciate it. Good show. Nice little breakdown on the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Give it away. Give it away now. And this episode is being given away. It's free. You just need to find it. And the best yeah. place to do that is actually by looking at the QR code on the screen if you're watching. Uh, and uh, we have it on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You can go to watch full-length episodes at fox13news.com backslash nodpod. Please subscribe. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do this um, every week. What do you think? Can you commit to that? Well, it is called No Off Days, so I guess it's yes. no off weeks either. So, yeah, sign me up. Very good. Episode number two is in the books. Guys, until the next time we're on, there are no off days. Nod. For Chris, BK, Scott, we'll see you next time.